Hey everybody, welcome to Fresh Press with Eric Raditz. I'm Eric Raditz, and we always are looking at fun things to do in and around Southwest Florida. And we also have the best interviewed folks that we invite on the show. And from entertainment, television, movies, tonight we have someone really special, and her name is Leslie Coles. Leslie, are you there? I am. Leslie is an. I'm glad. She, Leslie is an award-winning director and screenwriter. She works in scripted and unscripted. Uh, she recently completed her production on The Curtain, which she wrote, produced, and directed. It was funded by the Canada Council of the Arts and the Ontario Arts Council with support from Actra Toronto and the WGC. As a filmmaker, she enjoys compelling character-driven stories and gravitates to realism and nuanced characters. She Understands the actor's artistic process intuitively, having trained and worked as an actor. Her multi-award-winning feature documentary, Melody Makers, opened for the 2018 Fort Myers Film Festival and was originally licensed by CBC, the, the documentary channel. She is a member of Actra, DGC, and WGC, the founder and executive director of the Female Eye Film Festival, established in 2001. Please welcome Leslie Coles. Thank you. There's, I don't know where to start. I I am so excited that you're here today. As you know, when I saw Melody Makers for the first time, um, I pushed really hard to have it be our opening uh, night film for the Fort Myers Film Festival. And since then, I had so much positive feedback from the community from that film. And then while we've kept up a little full transparencies here and there, I haven't quite got the full story of just where it went after that. And I think I want to start by asking about it. Can you tell me where uh, you got a chance to bring uh, that film and where folks can see it maybe? Sure. So the film, I was really honored. I have to tell you, there's not a lot of independent film festivals that will open with a documentary feature film. We do. Um, you did. And you know, you were the only festival um, <laughs> that that did. I did have a really exciting, another really exciting screening and that was in London, England at the Regent Street Theater, which is one of the oldest theaters in the middle of, in the city of London. And that was extraordinary because I got to bring Chris Welch, one of the journalists of Melody Maker magazine. Uh, Chris Charlesworth was there. Richard Williams was in the audience. I mean, it was really, that was really exciting for me because we did this really kind of extensive Q&A with the subjects of the documentary after the film. And then I had a theatrical run uh, in Los Angeles and in Canada, in both English and French speaking Canada. The film I'm looking at all the awards that I, I probably generated at least, including Fort Myers, um, probably about, I don't know, 10 or 11 awards for that film internationally, mm -hmm. which was really exciting. Yeah. And so it's um, Cleopatra Entertainment bought the rights to distribute it. And I know that it is available on a bunch of different platforms. It's kind of the way it works in the independent film world, especially with features, is you, you birth these films and then you find a sales agent like through the AFM or another market. And then the sales agent sells the film to distributors. And that sometimes is territory by territory. Um, but Cleopatra 
bought the rights to um, the world, with exception to Canada. So I kept the rights to sell it in my own territory, Canada, which is a much smaller country, but it is available on Amazon. Um, people can find me at lacolesfiartfilms.com. And the other thing that was really exciting, Erica, is I created an app. So I created a self-contained app that's on Apple Books called uh, Melody Makers Should Have Been There. Really? And it had, yeah. And it's like, I don't know, four bucks or six bucks or something like that. And you can download the, the app to any kind of Apple tablet. And it has an extensive library of the photographs that were featured in the mm. documentary. The musicians from 1965 to 1975, that golden age of rock and roll. They're all black and white. I created some rock trivia. Um, there's picture puzzles. So people who just want to sit on their phone and put like a photograph together of John Lennon and Yoko Ono or Pete Townsend or Eric Clapton or whatever. So it was really fun to do that. It's like I just had this vision in my head that I had to do something interactive so that people could kind of have the photos on, as a screensaver on their computer or they could download it to their iPhone or they could scroll through the gallery. So it, it is really cool. I haven't done a second edition yet. Um, and there's actually video clips, like little excerpts of some of the interviews with the subjects. And, it, and I should actually check to make sure it's still there. I don't think it disappears once it's up there, but it's on Apple Books and it's called Melody Makers Should Have Been There. I love that. You know, it, I, I think you know that my background in visual journalism has had me working for magazines and newspapers. And I've, in, I, I'm, I'm mixed with the photographers who have the stories. So when this movie, and for those who aren't familiar, it follows the, uh, there was a British music weekly uh, called Melody Maker. That was a publication that um, covered uh you know, acts through uh, through and around London music scene in the 60s and 70s. So the photographer who whose voice we heard a lot of was uh, Barry Wenzel, who had uh, these stories of what it was like photographing the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, the Kinks, the Who, Pink Floyd, Jethro Tull, David Bully, David Bowie, uh, Bob Dylan, Jimmy Hatt. You know, I mean, it was like no one has stories like he had and no one has photos like he had. So suddenly... When you were smart enough to say, I'm going to tell the story visually, it was appealing because we have uh, shots that that only Bernie or I'm sorry, Barry could take. Yeah. And and only then he could kind of tell stories to go with them. It was kind of like no one has. And they said the best documentaries where they really have, uh, you know, that good access who tell the good story and you had the access. But you also told the story in such a way where it was very moving because it was a different time working for a, a music industry publication back then a very special mm -hmm. time and i think that it re really resonated well with the crowd here in southwest florida uh ma many of them who came out uh who, who were who were of the audience who remembered living through the 60s and 70s and this music really moved them so um yeah. wow i am I'm, I'm glad that you that we can see it and 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 full Disclosure, we've talked a little bit about bringing it back to for a special screening in Fort Myers mm -hmm. for the folks who still ask about it. So we're hoping that here in 2024, we're going to play it again. Um, you I would love to do that. Yeah. Uh, that would be exciting for sure. It was such a great audience. I mean, I remember the theater was 
was packed. And I, I think that people, what people appreciate about Melody Makers is that it would, like you said, it was such a unique period in music history where these young journalists who were like in their early 20s and Barry, who is what, 25 or 24, had incredible access because the Rolling Stones were playing to like 25 people for free in ready at Ready Steady Go. And then they opened up an arm of Melody Maker magazine, I think in the mid 70s, just before Barry left the paper, they opened up, I think it was 73 or 74, they opened up a distribution arm in the, um, in the US, in New York City. But they didn't realize like all the papers ended up in the river and you know, because they didn't know how to, you know, make arrangements with the mafia who controlled the uh, newsstands at the time. So they didn't know who to give the brown envelope to. So all the, all the <laughs> magazines, all they were British, right? They had a different way of doing business. <laughs> so all the magazines ended up in the East River. Yeah, it didn't last that long, wow. but yeah, uh, yeah. But they had such a great time in New York while they were there. That's where they got access to all of the, um, all of the American artists. There's really nothing like it. I mean, is there any, let me ask, is there anything like that today at all? I mean, you can kind of say Rolling Stone magazine, uh, right? No, um, you know what? You know what the difference was? They they really the artists were handled. So when you if you recall Barry's photographs, they're very iconic in that he would just kind of show up in a hotel room with one of the writers. Uh, there were no lights. There were no makeup artists. There were no handlers. There were no right, pre-quest. Right. Like they weren't previewing the questions in advance. They were just, hey, can you stand over there by the window? And then, you know, that great iconic shot of Roger Waters and Pink Floyd sitting at his kitchen table with the three cats on the table. You know, Barry said, well, one cat kind of got up and walked over and looked out the window and then the other <laughs> cat and then the other cat. And then I took the, I was like, that's the shot. And it's this iconic image of of him. Yeah. yeah and yeah. It, and, you know, when you talk to, you know, how the media is today and how social media is today. And I think there's a lot of, um, I mean, you know, when you're a musician, you may not have that handler because you're just handling it yourself, right? You're just dropping mm -hmm. all of your, your, what, how your branding will be through social media. Um, mm -hmm. So it's really nothing like, so it's really nothing like it, but in a way there's something similar. It's just That's different. It's different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's That's out there. Interesting. Um, yeah. your, your, your jump from that to now you recently completed the curtain, uh, a short film that will, is in consideration for the Fort Myers Film Festival. Can't give away any news until, uh, we actually mention who is selected for our 2024 year, but that's an interesting jump. Can you tell me professionally going from making this documentary, which we know you put your heart and soul into and you're wed to now forever to what you're doing now mm -hmm. with a shorter film. Can you tell us about why, why that direction? Sure. So it's interesting. I mean, I started in scripted. So my first films were, were scripted. And then I established the film festival, the female eye kind of took me away from my work in a way, but I mentored and produced about 46 short films under the auspices of the female eye. But I kept my hand in my writing craft. And then I came up with an idea during the pandemic, um, about a Western, a female driven Western. It's very Tarantino in tone, only it's a posse of women outlaws. It's a feminist Western. So I wrote a feature 
a dramatic feature. It's a crazy, funny, like it's a, it's an insane romp. And I, and I wrote that and I started submitting it to film festivals and I am coming around to answering your question about the short narrative film. Cause there's a method to my madness. No, take your so time. I, I, I like, the yeah. <laughs> so, so I thought to myself, okay, the, the script, literally the characters were like jumping out at me. I wrote the script and I started submitting it to international screenwriting competitions, just to sort of gauge the temperature of the readers. And I, I, you know, it won like, it's won like 13 international screenwriting awards. I just won honorable mention and a, another thing at, at Stacey A. Davis fellowship at the Stowe Writers Lab in the US in August. And I thought to myself, listen, if I want to do a feature scripted, like a scripted fiction film, I better get back into scripted as a writer, director, producer. So I had been thinking about this story for a long time. I live just north of Toronto and there's this highway called Highway 27. And on Highway 27, there was the Wood, there was the Woodbridge Motel because when I got the money together and I went to shoot, it had been demolished and it was being replaced by condominiums. So I kept thinking, what story could I tell out of one room in a one star motel and where the story unfolds over the course of one day? And then I came up with the idea for the protagonist. And then I thought, well, why would this woman go back to this motel? And then I came up with her backstory. And what was really exciting about the curtain is that I, I worked with fellow method trained actors. I'm also an actor. So I threw myself back into the fray as an actor as well in recent years. And so I'm in it with Bill McDonald, Beth Hornby, Sean Jones. It's like they're Canadian actors, but Bill's doing Billy the Kid right now. So he's quite, you know, well-established as, as an actor. And so we, I just pulled together a gang of people that I knew, some that I worked with in the actor's studio. And... Canada Council, as you said, supported it. Ontario Arts Council supported it. I belong to the Writers Guild of Canada. They gave me dispensation and it was produced under a low budget uh, project grant through with the support of Actor Toronto. So that is the curtain. It's 15 minutes, you know, 11 seconds. It's fictional, but there is one element of truth to it. And that is my mother is a survivor of breast cancer. So it's, it's about a, it's about, that which is passed down from one generation to the next. I don't really want to give away the plot, um, but it's just, it's a nice self-contained drama. And the reason I really felt compelled to do drama was because I have this bigger project <laughs> that I want to do, which is Soiled Up, which is my wet, my epic Western. So yeah. Wait, what's it called? What's of, it called again? It's called Soiled Dove. I, do I, I, do I know about this? I, I, this is the first I've heard of it. No, no, no. Well, it hasn't been made yet. I'm, I'm taking okay. meetings and okay, because I, I feel like I'm pretty tell, close tell. to what you're doing, but I've no, not no. heard of it. Okay, <laughs> tell us oh, about no, that. It's only, What's that it's about? Well, it's a wow. What is it? Well, it's about it's about a <laughs> God fearing protagonist mm -hmm. named Bell Rain Redall, who is an outlaw, who who uh, it wants to avenge her daughter's uh, brutal rape and murder at the hands of cavalrymen. And she establishes a town called Soil Dove, which is an all woman town. So her and her posse ride out into the wild west and they um, rescue uh, women and children fleeing violence and oppression. And they repatriate them to this all woman town called Soil Dove. 
And obviously it outrages men folk who want their kin back and there's a shootout and there, it's just, it's like a classic Western. I use wow. kind of the Magnificent Seven as <laughs> model, but yeah, but it sort of took the, you know, strong man trope of, you know, men riding out and rescuing ordinary citizens to women outlaws, rescuing women and children, fleeing violence and oppression. You know, I know, I know, um, there, there are very strong ties uh, to this kind of theme. Uh, I, I also know by you starting the Female Eye Film Festival in 2001, um, that strong females is something that, I, I mean, t- tell me why this is a, a subject matter that you like to, like an all-female town, for example. Um, t- tell me about what why that's important to you to, to do that type of story. Well, yeah, no, you totally linked it. So yes, I okay. am. A, I am okay, I went I on a limb yes. there. I felt a little bit. I, <laughs> no, <I'm>, no, <laughs> you're right. I okay. mean, I'm, I am. I am a feminist in my storytelling. I most women who write and direct their films do tend to feature a female protagonist. The story, the origin story, is that actually, um, I've always loved westerns and classic westerns never thought I would write one, but I did relief work on the front lines of violence against women in Canada. So I I was hired to work with children as the children's programmer, but I quickly fell into the front line and worked at a, um, not not permanently or anything, but just part-time on call as a crisis support worker in an indigenous woman's shelter in Canada. So I understand the systemic issues of violence against women, whether it's intergenerational or whether, you know, I, I know about the sex trafficking rings and I, you know, anyway, I decided that I wanted to take the theme of violence against women, which is still prevalent today, and just the backdrops the Wild West, 1873, and explore that theme. And, um, yeah, so that's basically where it came from. I think all of it, my my awareness of, of issues globally, um, where women and children suffer um, the most, because women and children are always the casualties of war. It's the art of war, right? Because it it, it, it disables the men. You know, it's really critic crippling to men when their women and children are being violated. So I felt like I needed to kind of look at that. And it speaks to gun violence as well. And I don't want to give away the ending of my film. Mm, I can't wait to film. see it. We, do you have yeah. a script? Is the script written yet? Or can you say? Oh, yeah. I have a oh, great Oh, please script. let me see it. Please let me read it. Do you want to read it? Okay, yeah. I'll share it with you. Okay. Sure. You got to yeah. keep it close. Unless you have. I'll, I'll uh, sign a, somebody... a non-disclosure. <laughs> An NDA. Yeah. Unless you have. Unless, of course, you say to me, Leslie N., I know a couple of producers. Well, I'm looking for some. I'm looking for that, some partner producers. That, that's right now. that's the other reason. I don't. I don't know if I told you that I'm also working in, with uh, Dreamtime Entertainment for for uh, distribution and acquisitions. The several films that I'm. This is something we'll talk. Off, this off. is crazy. I didn't yeah, know no, that. I've got some. Yeah, there's stuff going on. There's bigger, big things. Big things big going things. on in the, in the world of Eric Raditz right now. And um, but they're they're. I, I'm mostly Wild. just asking because I'm a big fan. And I, I've, I've read more scripts this last year than I've read in my life. And I'm, and you really see a person's soul when you watch their film and you kind of see into the soul's soul when you read the script, because there's a, there's a jump. 
that happens sometimes not always yeah. what you know so i love yeah. i love it's almost like and it's in its purest essence as if it is the script so i want to read it um no i'm and, glad and you know well, I was just going to say, you know, a good film, a great film starts with a great script. If you don't have a great script, you do not have a film. And, you know, I can I ask you a question? Do sure. you does the Fort sure. Myers Film Fest does does the Fort Myers Film Festival have a script yeah. development program? Not yet, not yet. But well, maybe after this podcast, we will. I do through yeah. the female eye. So I read a lot of scripts. As a matter of fact, I read and adjudicate proposals for, I did it for Yuri Maj, the European film market last year, and I'm yeah. doing it for the Stowe Story okay. Writers Lab. I, I need, mean, that's, I would. Let's yeah, talk about great. that. We need to talk. We'll because talk. No, I, I realize that there's all kinds of ways to mix it up. And sometimes that's why a podcast is fun for me because, you know, when you get on the phone with somebody and you catch up, it seems like it's less like people get less down to the tax of what they are up to. And when you do the podcast, suddenly it's like, okay, send me your bio. Then I do the research and I get into it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. And then inevitably something like this comes up where, you know, who, who knows next year we might actually implement a couple of the things from this podcast, you know? Um, oh, okay. Well, I don't want to get too far before we, I want to play a little game if it's all right with you. All righty. The game is called uh, what would Leslie Coles do? Or okay. shortened WWLC. Okay. Um, this is because we get a chance to make decisions in our life and we know how we think. But sometimes when we have somebody who we admire, um, how, how they might approach something, um, it becomes an exciting way to see how we can live vicariously through you with your decision making. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> what would Leslie Coles do? Number one. You get to bring back three musicians uh, from the dead to have a concert there up in Toronto. Uh, what three musicians are you bringing back? Ooh, Chuck Berry. <laughs> Ooh. Lou Reed. Okay. Chuck Berry, Lou, Lou Reed. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, some of the female musicians are here. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, mm -hmm. Tina Turner still with us. Uh oh 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 I don't, oh oh. I don't oh. think she is. Is she? She she isn't. I don't know. Oh, maybe not. Tina Turner. Okay. See, that's great because I I got a sense when I would ask that that I wouldn't get because I I automatically go to the musicians in your movie, which I'm like this wasn't totally her genre probably. Although she loved the music, she probably has her own jams, you know. And here I we do. are. I mean, okay. I love all music. All music. That concert but, would be you know, awesome. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, good yeah. picks. I like all music. Okay, number mm -hmm. two. What would Leslie Close do? Um, a blank che a check for $30 million arrives at your home uh, with the following instructions. Please use this $30 million to make any film that you would like. What would that film be and what would it be about? Ooh, I have two. I would make Soil Dove for sure. Well, okay. Because it's a, it's mm -hmm. about redemption and forgiveness. Mm. Um Mm -hmm. I have another story, which you would love. It's called Love in Vain that I'm developing right now. And it is oh. about a gangster. It's based on a true story. It's set in 1973. And it's about uh, a London mobster who became a surrogate father to Sid Vicious for a period of time. And the governor general of New York actually what? offered Charlie Ketch a plea bargain. That's his pseudonym because I can't give away his correct name. 
to protect Sid Vicious at Rikers Island Prison for 52 days. Um, yeah, so that's what? called Love Are in Vain. Oh no, my I mean, God. It's insane. I know, it's crazy. That's, so Telefilm supported two films that I am crafting. They supported Soil Dove, and they gave me development money for Love in Vain. So those are the two projects. Oh I'm my crafting. God. I just yeah. feel like Canada's, there's so many, um, even even big budget US films. I'm seeing so much from Canada. What would you say it's pretty, how would you say from your knowledge, uh, Canada's support of the film and arts versus the United States support of the film and the arts? Well, you know what it is? Our government's really smart. They take, a percentage of all taxpayers' money, and they put it into arts and culture. So we have a publicly funded arts and culture industry for music, book publishing, film, television, and there are tax incentives. So you they want you to spend money in Canada um, and you get money back, like 30%, you know? No, yeah. No, no Florida used to have this. We have nothing in Florida right now. Zero well, you'll get incentive. It back. It's, when it's such when great, i don't maybe know you can help me with that you can help me with that yeah okay <laughs> tell me to come and talk to yeah them. yeah come yeah, on it, it's a win-win it's a win-win situation I know. no you don't tell will, me i've done stories i've written stories for yeah, publications about people, it okay. yeah, it's gonna make me upset come I'm to glad, florida i'm glad come to no, florida I, well, that, to shoot. I, I don't you know what i get it and i know you get mm. it but our current uh political structure uh does not get it in florida so i don't want to talk about it because I don't want to piss anyone off and I don't want to get pissed off, but I am working to try to change that. Okay. Last question. Mm -hmm. um, God. Oh, and you know what I would do with the rest of the money if I had some left? Because yeah. I figure about 15 grand. Okay. Uh, you know what I would do? I, I would, I would do a, uh, I would do a mentorship film. I, I would do some kind of cohort cohort with, with a, aspiring uh, debut and emerging filmmakers. That's what I would do. Mm -hmm. Like a little bit, young, young, young people have a story uh, to tell. I know a few people who, a few organizations do that. I think Sundance does pretty well, pretty mm -hmm. good job of that. But yeah, Great I like, job. I like where you're going with it. Maybe we can incorporate that into the Fort Myers Film Festival. See, now we have three things good we have idea. to work on. I see how many hours we go. Every, it seems we're getting about three good ideas every 10 minutes. <laughs> I think we're okay. over 15 minutes too. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I have, here's the last question. Uh, God himself. I, don't I, I know. I know we'll go on for a while here. Um, so God himself comes down or God herself comes down uh, and says, uh, you know what, Leslie, um, you have to leave Canada and uh, you, you can't, you can live anywhere on the planet except for Canada. Where do you move? Oh, wow. You know what popped into my head? Um, I don't South know. Of France. South, South of France. Of Fr I love that. Okay. South of France, because I love the sun, I like the water, and I like fresh fruit and vegetables. And I don't speak French, but I figure I could probably learn. Okay, it. these are good picks. We have, we have not really had the full time to catch up that we must. So I'm <laughs> going to speak to you after this podcast. Um, but tell tell us Great. again where we can get a hold of you, find you. Oh, on social, you can find me at uh, Leslie Ann Coles, or pretty much L A Coles. So L for Leslie, A for Ann Coles on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. I'm Leslie Ann Coles. 
Um, <laughs> Melody Makers has its own Facebook page and its own, mm-hmm. but they have their own life, uh, my films. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you can find me there. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me, you can find everything on my website at lacolesfineartfilms.com. Excellent. Okay, very good. I want to thank our sponsors, the mm-hmm. Fort Myers Film Festival, uh, May 22nd to 26, 2024. Thanks to Hilfiger Missions. Go to hilfigermissions.net, Riverside Realty Group where it doesn't cost them, where you just get more with free home staging, head to riversidefl.com. Also, to for all your accounting needs, call Clarity, certified public accountants at clarity.cpa. Thanks to Gulf Shore Life Magazine and Happenings Magazine. Check us out here at Southwest Florida Fresh Press for all the fun things to do. And Leslie, you get the final word. Well, you know, love and peace, as Barry uh-huh. would say, of subject of Melody Maker Magazine, right? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end it on that because I can't top that. Thank you so much, Leslie Coles. And always check us out here on Southwest Florida Fresh Press with Eric Raditz. See you guys. Bye-bye.